0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like the Facebook page and leave your comments or questions at facebook.com slash screenfacts. You could also tweet me at Jason Davis voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. Well, welcome back to the show, my incredible wife, Sue. Hi. Always fun to talk movies with the wifey. (laughs) So uh, it's baseball month, and there are probably very few things on the planet Earth that you care less about than baseball.
1: That is very true. Well, professional baseball.
0: Except if it's New Jersey Jackals baseball. Well, yeah,
1: that's different.
0: That we enjoy. Yeah,
1: but I'm not a major league fan.
0: Now, I'm, I'm becoming less and less a Major League Baseball fan. Yeah. One thing that we do agree on is there are a couple of good baseball movies that we both like. Yes. There's yes. a lot of baseball movies that I like.
1: Mm-hmm. There's there some... are a few that I like.
0: Yes. And today we're going to talk about one of the few. That's
1: right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and one that, that certainly is uh, pretty much tailor-made for you as, oh, as far shucks. as baseball movies go.
1: Are you saying that I'm in a league of my own? That's true,
0: but we're going to talk about A League of Their Own because it's the one baseball movie that's women (laughs) and girl power. That's right. (laughs) So obviously women are baseball fans too, but I'm sure this movie speaks to you on on a level that goes beyond baseball.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah.
0: So A League of Their Own originally released July 1st, 1992, directed by Penny Marshall, Marshall cast her daughter Tracy Reiner as Betty Spaghetti and her brother Gary as Walter Harvey. As it turns out, Gary was cast at the last minute because Penny couldn't afford her original choice for the part, Christopher Walken. Okay, hold up. (laughs)
1: Could you even imagine that? You gotta have
0: Harvey bars. (laughs) They're
1: delicious.
0: (laughs) They're really good. And they're great when you're watching baseball.
1: I could not imagine him in this. Yeah,
0: me either. Yeah, so uh, Gary Marshall was great, you know, it's a yeah, small role yeah. and you know, he's he's fun in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and Walter Harvey is based on Chicago Cubs owner Philip Wrigley, the real-life founder of the league that this movie uh, is based on.
1: And did you know? Now we've watched this a couple of times. Mm-hmm. This movie together. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember seeing it when it came out, and we've seen it with Tommy maybe once or twice. Probably. And we're getting ready. At to, least once. <laughs> uh, but we were getting ready to watch it for this. I said, to him, You know, part of the reason I like this is because it's based on true story. And he just looked at me like lobsters were crawling out of my ears. He had no idea that the league actually existed.
0: And I'm ashamed to admit this because I am a baseball fan. I was not aware of this league before this movie either. I wasn't either. Yeah. I it's, wasn't sh- either. it's really a shame that more people weren't aware about this. I
1: know. At that time in American history, baseball was struggling.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of the ballplayers were, were shipped off to war yeah. during World War yeah. II.
1: And a lot of even, you know, minor league players were being shipped out too. So in order to keep the sport going, Brigley decided to form the Women's League. Yeah. And, you know, there's
0: a, a misconception here that Major League Baseball shut down during the war. It actually didn't. The Baseball still happened, but it was replacement players. You know, all of the... I think they pretty much were, for lack of a better term, scraping the bottom of the barrel for players yeah. at that time. And so I think they, they did this also as a way to kind of boost morale.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. If
0: everything happens the way it's portrayed in the movie, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it's pretty cool. The story um, was written by Kim Wilson and Kelly Candinelli. And I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, uh, but Kelly's mother played in the league that's portrayed in the movie.
1: Yeah, he had actually written a memoir about his mom playing and it actually his mom and his aunt both played. Oh, wow. So the relationship in the movie is based on the fact that he had family that were sisters playing. The difference was they were not pitcher and catcher. Okay. So when it came time for the movie, they actually thought pitcher and catcher would be more Interesting. Oh, it
0: makes sense. I don't
1: remember what part the original yeah, the whole, really played.
0: The whole sibling rivalry in the movie. Yeah, and, yeah. And I don't know how many of the players that are portrayed in this movie are actual players. You know, like, was there really a Betty Spaghetti? Was there... You yeah,
1: know? Um. mostly they said they weren't real, actual depictions. They were, you know, all fictional characters, but maybe some were based on people someone knew. Right. Some of them were composites. Okay. But they did say that if you were to talk to the women involved that if you asked who was made based on they would all raise their hands oh okay yeah that's funny that's really (laughs) funny
0: so the screenplay for the movie was written by the team of Lowell gans and babaloo mandel and if those names sound vaguely familiar to you it could be because you heard them mention in the podcast for night shift that it did with my man the blazer Mm. way back Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh this team has written a lot of stuff and we covered that in that podcast. There are no strangers to Penny Marshall because they worked on Happy Days okay. and some other stuff that involved that group of people. So, but they're great writers, amazing writers. So the movie stars Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Laurie Petty, madonna and rosie o'donnell among others estimated budget of 40 million dollars Gross domestically 107.5 million and a worldwide gross of 132.4 million so pretty good box office for this kind of movie you yeah know? yeah very cool and actually won some awards too gina davis was nominated for a golden globe for best actress in comedy or musical cool best original song um, for madonna's this used to be my playground tom hanks won an american comedy award for funniest supporting actor for his role in this 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 was before all of his Oscar success. Oh, okay. A couple of years before, because, okay. you know, Philadelphia, I think was the year after this or a couple years after this, okay. and then Forrest Gump. So this was probably one of the first of those movies that you kind of go, oh, there's some real acting going on yeah, there. Yeah. And
1: you know? uh, Penny Marshall, no accolades, right? Because that's usually what happens in a Penny Marshall movie.
0: Well, you know, it's funny because it's not the first time that a woman has directed a great movie and done a really great job with it and has been snubbed. I remember there was a lot of controversy over Prince of Tides. Um, Barbara Streisand directed that. And nobody, you know, gave her the time of day either. So,
1: Didn't Penny Marshall direct Awakenings?
0: Uh, I think she might have, actually. Which, like,
1: got all sorts of awards. And didn't it even get, like, Best Picture nods and this and that and everything and nothing for Best Director?
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, with all of the controversy that happened this past Oscar year. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, Oscar's so white and all that kind of stuff. Women, minorities, there's been a lot of groups that have been overlooked for years and Mm -hmm. years. And, you know, you go back to the 90s, forget it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think now women or have started to get a little bit of recognition they're starting starting
1: they're starting that long climb up towards that glass ceiling
0: i don't really get it i don't understand why women make less than men for the same work it doesn't make any sense to me i I have no idea what that's all about and as a man i i want to see that change because it
1: sucks yeah i mean it just makes sense yeah absolutely um one interesting thing about the salaries that the women make when they're playing baseball. -hmm. Is that they were making good money at that time. That's interesting. Um, I I learned that they would get maybe I think they mentioned in the movie didn't they say like
0: I forget what I, there was a funny line from it was John like Lovitz forty
1: five to seventy five and upwards or something like that
0: something like that and but then Lori Petty says oh we only make thirty uh, at the dairy yeah. and John Lovitz says well then it's more than isn't it
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they were making on average seventy five to eighty five a week mm-hmm. and in some cases that would be more money than what their fathers were earning oh at wow that time.
0: That's really something. Yeah. So in 2012, the movie was selected by the U.S. Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry archives it too. Makes
1: sense
0: to me. Absolutely, it's a historical league and, yeah. and all that, so yeah. it makes sense. And it's a great movie too. I mean, it's it's really good. The story is inspired by the career of Dottie Collins. Gina Davis's character is Dottie Hinson, but it probably could be argued that her character was mostly based, even though she's a catcher in the movie uh, during World War II. Dottie Collins played for the league, and pitched 17 shutouts during her six-year career. Now, that's, yeah. that's amazing. She
1: was amazing. Now, in my little travels around Google doing my research on this, uh-huh. I stumbled across the article written in the hometown paper when Dottie Collins died when she okay. was 84. Okay. And it described her baseball career, among other things. And it said that she started in 43, and in 1948, she actually played up until she was four months pregnant. Wow. And she played hard.
0: That's amazing. They had
1: actually switched over from underhand to overhand pitching at that point. Okay. And they kept the pitchers in the whole time, too. Yeah. She pitched a doubleheader. Underhand won both in a day. She actually was quoted in an interview, I think, when they were working on the movie. Yeah, I won the doubleheader. I I pitched underhand. I could have pitched overhand and won it. But you know what? (laughs) Men wouldn't be able to throw overhand and win a doubleheader, but men can't do anything. (laughs) You know, that was her attitude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> great. So uh, in the film, the league is kind of portrayed as being a slow starter. You yeah. know, people That's are kind of laughing at the players and this and that. Yeah, but it was actually popular and profitable from the beginning right in from real the life. Beginning, yeah, because yeah. you know why? Because there was no baseball where they were playing.
1: Right, and uh, women were already in the workplace. Yeah, it was 43 when they started the league, and women had been working since 1941 in the factories. Okay. So society and Rosie was the starting and all that. <laughs> yeah, society was starting to take women a little more seriously. Sure. So it wasn't like a stretch. Yeah. To say, oh, now they're going to play baseball.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, in the upper Midwest where the league was based, there was no way to watch a live baseball game at the time. So that's really why it was really popular right out of the gate.
1: Yeah. They realized that people needed a diversion, but gas was being rationed. So most people couldn't afford to drive far for entertainment. Okay. So that was why they kept all the games in a certain geographic area. Right. And people could go to a game and it was affordable and they could afford the gas. It was, it was really well thought out.
0: Yeah. It's really cool. And, and that's one of the things I love, you know, not to veer too far from the movie really quick. One of the things I love about watching the Jackals play Word. is that, you know, it's a local professional team, mm-hmm. but you feel like you're a part of something mm-hmm. when you go to those games. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're anywhere in, in the northern New Jersey area, go see New Jersey Jackals baseball. Just Google them.
1: Oh, it's so great. It's easy to get to. The parking is free. The food is affordable, and it's like a hometown team.
0: Yeah, Gina Davis wasn't the original choice to play Dottie.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, and she joined the production kind of late. She was a late replacement for Deborah Winger. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been a fan of Deborah Winger. I yeah. think she's I think she's really good. But she had a back injury that forced her out of production. Okay. Gina Davis actually auditioned for Penny Marshall in her backyard. <laughs> if you can imagine yeah, that. Yeah. By the time she joined the production, the cast had been doing baseball training for a few months. So the cool thing is that she happens to be a really good athlete mm-hmm. and she caught on, no pun intended, really fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, she got right up to speed and actually started out playing some of her co-stars with limited training. So wow, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there were some other uh, people that were considered for the part as well. Brooke Shields, Sean Young. Demi Moore and Laura Dern and Jim Belushi had been considered for the Tom Hanks role of Jimmy Dugan okay which uh actually I could see that yeah
1: I could see that you know I'm just not sure I could see Deborah Winger in it though because I mean I could some of the other names yeah maybe but I mean part of the whole big deal about Dottie was not just how she played but you know apparently you know she was just beautiful and Gina Davis pulls that off. And I'm not sure Deborah Winger could really pull off the. She's a showstopper, you know? I'm not being catty. I'm just no, no, saying. No, no, no. I,
0: I get what you're saying. I mean, like, Gina Davis is tall.
1: Yeah. She's kind of striking. She's got that, that strong jaw, those, you know, that the lips. mouth, <laughs> yeah. you know, the lipstick. I mean, she really.
0: Yeah, yeah Deborah Winger, I think, is, is attractive, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. For the famous split catch, love that. Gina Davis had to have a stunt double slide into the split. She could do a split; mm-hmm. she just couldn't slide into it. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of a little different. Very yeah. few people could probably pull that yeah, off.
1: Yeah, I mean, if a dancer could, but yeah,
0: yeah, know. but but all the actresses, with the exception of Gina Davis, mm-hmm. did their own baseball stunts. That's really cool. Yeah, so there was some real injuries and bruises mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that that happened.
1: Yep, I like the scene where they're trying out.
0: Yeah. Too. Yeah, and, that, and that's
1: fun just watching them run and watching them all like that. that <laughs> the part where they're all sliding one after another, yeah. you know.
0: The original tryout in the movie takes place at Wrigley Field, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. But there's some a lot of cool stuff when it when they're recruiting the players. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I mean the whole thing with I'm trying to remember what her name is in Marla? the movie Marla. Yeah, <laughs> I mean she's like whacking the ball in, oh, the, in the, yeah, the gymnasium. Oh, she's breaking windows. Yeah, and all that. She, then
1: she switch hits.
0: Yeah, switch hitter, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> When, like, uh, she pulls her hair out of her face <laughs> and John Lovett sees her, the look on his face gets me every it's time.
1: It's like shock and then a grimace. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> she's not ugly, but they just play her up so homely. She's all like sunken in and yeah. scared to look at people, and she's never <laughs> left home before. Yeah. You know? I
0: thought it was interesting how her father says, you know, oh, it's my fault because I raised her like a boy. I taught her how to play baseball. I always wanted a boy. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, that has nothing to do with genetics. If you're not the most physically attractive person, whether you have athletic skill or, or raised a certain way, I don't think it matters. But you're right. Yeah, like I later he... on in the movie when they show her singing to uh, yeah. what's his name, Norman?
1: Uh, Nelson. Nelson. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't, can't get it right. Uh, yeah, when she's singing to oh, Nelson. Oh, It
1: gotta
0: be you. <laughs> You know, and she's but done she's up with the cute. dress. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's not glamorous by any no, stretch. No, but you know what? But yeah, I yeah. think in the beginning they they definitely downplay her yeah, looks more Yeah, than the other gag when they're they're doing like the uh, the newsreel. Yes, and they're introducing all the players, and they have the shot of her, and she, and it's like a far shot. Yes,
1: because she's <laughs> out in the outfield. See and there's Marla. Face.
0: Boy, she can really play. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks is so good in this movie. As the, is. as the kind of washed-up player playing the manager. Yeah. And he gained 30 pounds in preparation for the role. He says that he gained the weight by frequently going to a nearby Dairy Queen.
1: Oh! Sorry, I've got to go prepare for the movie. Give me a blizzard! <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, so all during filming, though, Penny Marshall encouraged Hanks to keep on eating. Yeah. But his character, Jimmy Dugan, is loosely based on real-life baseball sluggers Jimmy Fox and Hank Wilson. Tom Hanks has a couple of really great scenes in the movie.
1: Yes, and of course... What does he do in this movie? Let's mention it for Les.
0: Yes, Les. Yes, he pees for 55 seconds in the movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One big, long, steady stream, and then he starts shaking it out.
0: For the rest of you listening, uh, when I did the podcast with Les Sinclair for The Green Mile, we talked about how in a lot of Tom Hanks movies, I don't know if it's every one, but in a lot of them, he either pees or references peeing. Mm -hmm. And if you want kind of the list, Check out that podcast. I That's wanna... a good one. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah,
1: But there, you know, there we are watching the movie and he comes in and he goes to the urinal and starts peeing. And I, and I just said, and, and Tom Hanks is peeing. That's right.
0: <laughs> That's a funny scene, too, because, uh, you know, he just walks past all the players yeah. and one of them is trying to get him to sign a baseball card for her husband. And, yeah. then, and then when he takes the baseball card, he just rips it in half. Yeah. <laughs> nice guy. Yeah. But uh, of course, the, the most famous Tom Hanks scene. There's no crying in baseball. Yes. So funny. Yeah. And, and then with the umpire, Jimmy, perhaps you chastised her a little bit too vehemently.
1: <laughs> Did I ever tell you? You look like a giant penis with a hat on. <laughs> You're out of here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, as great as Tom Hanks is and and a lot of the other actors in the movie, the scene stealer of all scene stealers is John Lovett. Oh, so, yes, you got to give it up for John Lovett in this movie. <laughs> kind of less is more with him Mm
1: -hmm. originally Mm
0: -hmm. he was supposed to be in more of the movie and then when they were watching the footage that they shot they kind of said that his jokes and his scenes would have more impact if we scale his role down a little bit more and and it worked i mean you know his stuff in this movie is so funny
1: yeah i could see that because if he kept going with that i think he would just come across as plain old mean yeah but and not funny yeah You know, but he just keeps zinging in those little comments and lines.
0: That's the funny thing, too, because he does come off as being very mean. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think either Gina Davis or Lori Petty says, you're not nice. Yeah, yeah. you're not
1: a nice person. (laughs) You're not a nice person. And he said, oh, that hurts. (laughs) Exactly.
0: But yeah, I mean, he comes off as really mean and rude and everything. And then after he drops them off uh, at Wrigley Field and he's saying his goodbyes. He shows that he's, you know, he kind of has a little bit of a heart there, you know? A little bit, yeah. Oh, I know you're going to miss me. You know, yeah, whatever. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We'll get a shower, have a meal, give my wife a pickle tickle. <laughs> <laughs> pickle tickle. I love it. Another thing I forgot about the John Lovitz character, when he goes to see the girls at the farm, he wants Dottie. Right. And then Kit's all interested, Dottie isn't. Right. The reason he decided to give her a try was because he put his hand on her arm to like pat her. Oh, that's okay. Like to console her. Oh, yeah. And he felt her muscles.
0: Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Because she was like, here, just
1: watch me throw a couple. He's like, no, no, no. Oh, actually. Yeah,
0: Yeah, he felt her her pitching arm. (laughs)
1: Yeah. That was really cool. And I loved how the girls were so competitive with each other, even like at home. Yeah. Who can walk home faster? Who can do this more? Who can, you know, they were just so competitive.
0: As competitive as they were against each other and all those things, you could tell that they really love each other because <laughs> Dottie's like, you can't have me unless you take her too. Yeah. Which yeah. is great. Yeah. You know, it's a great part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminded me of another funny John Lovitz line when they're, you know, uh, at the train station. You got to get on the train. See, the train moves, not the station, you know, or something like <laughs> yeah, that. This yeah, this is how it works. This is how it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then he's you know he's gone for a big chunk of the film, and then later on when they bring it into the '90s mm-hmm. for the reunion, and you see his picture up, and then the guy stands next to it. Yeah, like and the he's old got guy. like the same nose and the same cigar. You go, oh,
0: yeah, that's a fun thing at the end of the movie when um, you know they're at the Hall of Fame yeah. and you see all of the the older versions of the players, mm-hmm. and and then of course Stillwell.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: he has grown up to become Francis from <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure.
1: Go figure. Yeah. Still will, Angel. Have another chocolate bar. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> You're gonna lose. We're gonna win.
0: When he throws the glove at his face, it's great. <laughs> yes,
1: smacks him right in the I'm face. I'm sure
0: people loudly applauded in the theater uh, when that yeah,
1: happened. yeah, yeah. There's something very satisfying about seeing a really annoying kid get Get it. his, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, you don't want the kid to be maimed. Of
1: course not. What are we, monsters?
0: <laughs> well, maybe one of us is, but... <laughs> You're terrible, honey.
1: Oh! Hey-oh! No, I'm just kidding. Oh, come on. Okay, let
0: me be clear. I'm the monster here. (laughs) (laughs) The Racine Bells home games were filmed at Bossy Field in Evansville, Indiana. What they did was they retrofitted the entire stadium to look like it did back in the day. And the stadium is now used by the Evansville Otters, a Frontier League baseball team. Cool. The ball girls wear the Bells uniforms. So there's a nice little tribute there.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Now, those uniforms were special designed for the league. Yeah, And they were based on, they were actually based on other female athletes' uniforms, like figure skating and okay. maybe field hockey or okay. I don't, you know, whatever was being played back then. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because in the movie, you know, all the girls are going, I-, I can't wear that. That's too short. My husband will kill me or I can't slide in that. Right. You know, <laughs> but they actually had um, rules about the uniforms. They Everyone had the same uniform. They were all just different colors. hmm for the different teams with a different emblem on the front. Right. And they had to be a certain length of the skirt. Right. So no one would wear them too short. Right, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then the girls had to... And I say girls. I mean, the youngest players were 15. Okay. And there were some teenagers, but, you know, mostly like 20, up to 24 maybe was the average at okay. that time. Okay, makes you sense. You know, I'm, I'm calling them girls because I'm old enough that's, to be their mother, but, you know. That's fine. You know, that's fine. these young women... Yeah. Not only... The movie was correct in showing them doing all of their practicing during the day. And then in the evening, they right. had to go to charm school. That's right. That was for real. Yeah. They had to learn how to stand and how to walk. And how to carry themselves. Yeah. And I love in the movie, they're all sitting there doing the tea and they're slurping and sipping and everything. And then you see Rosie O'Donnell's like leaning over a plate and she's eating all the cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They show the the woman going down the line, and she's, like, evaluating them based on their their looks. And that was another real thing, because they were supposed to look like all-American girls. Right. So, I mean, they had rules about no jewelry on the field, which is typical. And your hair shouldn't be too short, because they didn't want them to look boyish. They had rules about their makeup, Your nails should always be clean, so be sure after a game you scrub your fingernails. (laughs) And when they were in public, they weren't allowed to be seen smoking or drinking. Right. Or, you know, rebel rousing with the opposite sex. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They had the chaperone. Mm -hmm. Anywhere they went had to be approved by the chaperone or have a chaperone go with them. Right. Right. If they drove out of the city limits, they could get, like, kicked out of off the team. Wow. You know? So yeah. the scene where they all go to that bar, mm-hmm. like, that really, that would have gotten them kicked out if they were caught. Sure. This
0: is kind of an, a cool thing, too, because, you know, I talked about the family members that Penny Marshall put in the movie. <laughs> but she also uh, had former Laverne and Shirley co-stars in this movie, That's too. That's right. That, you know, blink and you miss them. Yeah. But in that scene, in particular, Eddie Mecca, who played Shirley's boyfriend, Carmen the Big Ragu. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's the he's the one that's dancing with Madonna yeah. for most of the time. Yeah, well he,
1: uh, he yeah, he was a dancer also. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well he
0: he played um uh, the dance instructor on the show, didn't he? On Laverne & Shirley? I think so, yeah. 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 Um and David L Lander, aka Squiggy. Nice. He's the uh, <laughs> the commentator that's calling the games. Right, right. Um he's uncredited, but he got that gig partially because, you know, not only because he knows Penny Marshall, but in real life he's a, a big baseball fan. And he became a scout for the Anaheim Angels. Oh, cool. So, you know, he's got a, a background in baseball cool. as well.
1: That, that probably was a lot of fun for him to do that. Oh,
0: absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. The big World Series game in the movie. When they were filming that, it was over 100 degrees. Oh, so you can thanks. imagine how, how pleasant that was. Oh. During the filming, the stars took turns entertaining the unpaid extras that were there. Tom Hanks did puppet shows over the dugout. Rosie O'Donnell did some stand-up. Mm-hmm. Madonna was the only one... That didn't want to play along. She was kind of uh, very unpleasant, <laughs> it sounds like.
1: Mm. Um,
0: so a lot of the other actors pretended to be her and performed for the fans. Oh, really? Which is kind of funny. <laughs> they
1: put on the cone bra and do some Maybe, dance. yeah,
0: maybe. <laughs> but it turns out that she really didn't have a, a good time working on the film either, oh, in general. Diva, um, she wrote uh, a handwritten letter to a photographer named Stephen Meisel. And she said, quote, I cannot suffer any more than I have in the past month, learning how to play baseball with a bunch of girls. Yuck. In Chicago double yuck. I have a tan, I'm dirty all day and I hardly ever wear makeup. Gina Davis is a Barbie doll and when God decided where the beautiful men were going to live in the world, he did not choose Chicago.
1: <gasps> oh. I
0: have made a few friends, but they are athletes, not actresses. I wish I could come to New York.
1: Ah, oh, please get over yourself. <sighs> Yikes. <laughs>
0: The older Dottie and Kit, they're actually played by different actresses. Yeah. Not they didn't they didn't use makeup. Yeah. But I thought they did a really good job. Yeah,
1: they yeah. Like they're the casting. very good physical similarities. Yeah.
0: I mean not exact, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh but they're they're played by Lynn Cartwright and Kathleen Butler. However, their voices are dubbed by Gina Davis and Lori Petty. So That's
1: a really cool idea.
0: You know, that was done in, in the original Superman movie from nineteen seventy-eight, again, talked about in that podcast okay, with right, Les Sinclair. Right. One thing I gotta say about that. When you get older, you sound different you than you do. You do, don't
1: you? Doesn't yeah. your voice like, kind of like deepen or mature a little bit or something? Probably even a little women. bit. Even
0: women. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. think so. It's funny because I probably watched this movie before mm-hmm. and I said, wow, she even kind of sounds like Gina Davis.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. I um, never realized until this last time we watched it. And you well, told Well, when I,
0: when I did the research and I read that, yeah. then I was actually paying more attention yeah. to it. And now that I'm watching it, I'm going, you know, it, it doesn't work for me as well because I get why they do it. Mm-hmm. But... Gina Davis's voice doesn't look like it should be coming out of that actress. Mm,
1: okay.
0: But that's just my opinion.
1: Yeah. And then the other women playing the other parts, all the other players right. are using their actual voices. I guess too, so. I guess they
0: figured that, you know, you've been watching this movie, you've been invested for two hours and you're kind of attuned to Gina Davis's voice pattern and maybe yeah. Lori Petty's yeah. voice. so.
1: Now, they didn't do that in Green Mile, right? With the older Tom Hanks character? No. The only thing they did for him was the color contact lenses, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Exactly. But
1: he used his actual own voice. Yeah.
0: I'm really enjoying watching these baseball movies again. Mm-hmm. I, I love baseball. You know, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. And I love movies about baseball. Right, and right. so this month, it's going to be fun going through these baseball movies mm-hmm. with everybody that I do the podcast with. And this one was no exception. Um, yeah, I'm this glad is a you... special one.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you chose to do this one.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I really am,
1: because, you know... It's a
0: great movie, too. It is a
1: good movie. And, I mean, it's one of the very few movies out there where the leads are women. Yeah. And they actually have whole names, and they talk to each other. (laughs) And it's about something other than boys. Sorry, I had to throw in the Bechdel scale there. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do it. I had to do it. That's all right. But, based, you know, in the beginning, we talked about the box office, and it shows that movies with women can sell.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, and this absolutely. was so incredibly female heavy. Yeah. It's just me waving my little feminist hat over here, but I think more movies should be like this.
0: I listen, you don't, I don't think you have to be a feminist to appreciate diversity, you know? Yeah. This movie is great not just because of the, the strong female cast, mm-hmm. not just because of the historical value. It's a well written, well acted movie. Mm-hmm. And that's all you need. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as long as women have opportunities to play good roles. Yeah. You know, in movies that are well written, then I don't think gender has anything to do with whether a movie is uh, marketable or not. Especially if the movie company gets behind something. That's mm-hmm. the thing. You know, you got to have faith in your products, right? And right. you really got to put it out there the right way. Right. You can't go, oh, here's a movie with uh, starring all women. Hopefully, you'll like this.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can't do. Oh that. my gosh, they all keep their clothes on. Oh golly, <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. You I know. Mean, I mean, listen. There's <laughs> Sorry, there's obviously fellas.
0: there's obviously movies that come out that are clearly clearly being marketed to a female audience. Yeah.
1: And then nowadays, there are more women taking that power into their own hands. Yeah. You know, so if they're not finding opportunities in the system that exists, they're making their own. Yeah. You know, in 92, when Penny Marshall did it, I don't know what it was like back then.
0: I wonder if there was a struggle to get this movie greenlit. I know? wonder. But you're preaching to the choir here. because know. you know. you know me, I, know. I like movies... For mm-hmm. the movies. It has yeah. nothing to do. In fact, you know, there's movies that I'm a fan of that are probably more, you know, female-centric, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term, than you are. For example, When Harry Met Sally. I love When Harry Met Sally. You, you're not a fan. That's
1: yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. I think that's another movie that's very well written
1: mm-hmm.
0: by a woman. Right. Very talented Nora Ephron mm-hmm. movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: You know, she was great. Mm-hmm. And uh I think women are starting to to break through more and more in Hollywood. There's been a lot of reports lately, especially Elizabeth Banks, mm-hmm. Reese, uh, Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon, um,
1: Eva Longoria. Mm-hmm.
0: And speaking of movies that you know you wouldn't think that a guy would be a big fan of, Pitch Perfect.
1: Oh, please, huge fan, love it.
0: Well, uh, anything else that you want to talk about about A League of Their Own? I mean, there's probably a million things that we could cover. There's
1: so many things I could talk about. I yeah. mean, first of all, I love the period. Oh, yeah. I love movies from this time period. And I love the fact that there is a lot of, you know, snarkiness and comedy mm-hmm. and underhandedness and everything. Because I think nowadays people think of that time as such like an innocent, right. golly yeah, G willikers time. Yeah. You know, so to see them, you know, smoking cigarettes and going out and yeah. everything, I think that's fun and yeah.
0: cool. You yep. know,
1: and I love the sister relationship.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. You know,
1: and at the end of the... The historical part of the movie when Dottie's gonna go and be with her husband and Kit's gonna stay around and so Dottie's getting ready to go and Kit says, Well now I want you around and you're leaving and then they hug. I mean that brought me to tears. Sure. There's the well, first of all, the actresses are so good, yeah. the writing's so good. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there watching it going, I love my sister, I'm gonna <laughs> call her <You> know? <laughs> Of course. It's just great.
0: It's the same kind of emotion that, that every time I watch Field of Dreams. Yeah. That gets me every single time the end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's the one positive connection I have to my dad, mm-hmm. you know? It's mm-hmm. playing catch. Yeah. So it gets me every time.
1: It's got the comedy. It's got touching parts. Mm-hmm. You know? It's got the old historical. It's got the current, which was 92 at the time. Right. You know? It's just, to me, it's got a little bit of everything. I love it.
0: Yeah. A League of Their Own is a great baseball movie. Uh, it's a great movie, period.
1: Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. even have
0: to be a big fan of baseball to appreciate the greatness of this movie.
1: Is the exhibit still in Cooperstown?
0: Yeah, they have a section in oh, Cooperstown cool. dedicated cool. to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for doing the podcast with me. You're welcome. Again, don't forget to leave your comments or questions on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Thanks to you for listening, and thanks to our announcer, Kim. You can hear more from her at kimsvoice.com. Thanks to our friends at Wicked Network.com and show theme music by com.
1: Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.